This is Ken Barron with the National Association of Black and White Men Together. Today's podcast has the topic of how can you make amends for your ancestors? It's a question I sometimes get and sometimes read about. I don't have slaves, but maybe my ancestors did, if that is the case. How to make amends? Take the case of Stacy Marshall in Georgia. She was in line to inherit 300 acres, which would make her the first woman in her family to own a farm. But she had discovered that her family had owned several people. She wanted to know how to make it right. She looked into her family's past and was trying to chip away at racism in the Deep South where every white family with roots there benefited from slavery and almost every black family had enslaved ancestors. None in her farming community talked about white privilege, critical race theory, or renewed calls for federal reparations. They think it's about heritage, not hate, they tell her. Farming... Uh, family and unspoken uh, discrimination are braided together so tightly that there, she couldn't untwist them. She is aware that sometimes she stumbles across the line between doing anti-racism work and playing the white savior, but she finds the history unavoidable. This is a fundamental question. Should the descendants of people who kept others enslaved be held responsible for those wrongs and what can they do to make things right and at what cost. Her local suggested she could set up an internship for young black farmers letting them work on her land and keep the profit. Maybe her black neighbors wanted preservation work done on their church cemetery or She could give some land or money from the sale of the farm to the descendants of the black people who had helped her family build wealth. She said you really can't hide from your neighbors and not long ago she ended up in a CrossFit class with Marjorie Taylor Greene who is, as you all know, probably the far-right Republican in that region and was elected to Congress in 2020. Most residents are evangelical Christians, and it's such a rich Trump country that the former president held one of his last campaign rallies five miles from Miss Marshall's farmhouse. In recent years, the issue of reparations has exploded amongst the nation wrestling with the past. Scholars are beginning to see the German payout of 60 billion to Jewish victims of the Holocaust. The United States decision to pay reparations to Japanese Americans who were interned during World War II, and even Japan's awkward efforts to settle with Korean so-called comfort women as bedrocks of a new political landscape. Those are some of the things that are happening, or have happened. Every year since 1989, Representative John Conyers, Jr., 
the Democrat of Michigan has sponsored a bill to establish a commission to study reparations for slavery. It remains stuck in committee, but away from Capitol Hill, other developments are having a significant impact on the national debate. Others argue that it's impossible to determine the actual present-day effect of slavery to trace the impact of slavery on, for example, today's overwhelming incarceration rate amongst black males, or to calculate all of those generations of lost and artificially depressed wages, not to mention the quagmire of determining who should be compensated. All blacks, maybe? Only those who uh, demonstrate direct linkage to a slave? Should those of mixed race be included? Supporters of reparation find this line of argument irrelevant. Historical crimes or injustice mean the victims still suffer, whether it is the victim or the victim's descendants. Others say, quote, why should I pay for it? I didn't do it, end quote. No one is responsible personally for any wrongdoing, but just to stop the action doesn't mean to have paid for the past. The perpetrator is very clear. It is the identity of the U.S. One approach could be funding. For example, a recent $1 million grant from the Andrew Mellon Foundation to the College of William and Mary is one example of how a funder can approach the legacy of slavery within the humanities. It will support research and education pertaining to the college history with enslaved people. History tells us of the belief that white male Christians are the only ones who bore the full image of God also explains why this elite set was the only one permitted to exercise full agency or stewardship over themselves, i.e. freedom, their families, i.e. gainful employment, their land, ownership, their towns, their states, and their nation, i.e. the vote. Hey, the city of Everston proposed a novel idea to fund reparation, a 3% tax on newly legal recreational marijuana sales. In that city, 70% of the marijuana arrests were in the black community, and they are 16% of the community. All studies show that blacks and white people consume cannabis at the same rate. This funding solution has put Everson ahead of any other city in America, and on the radar of Danny Glover, an actor and longtime reparation activist who has been vocal in his support for the U.S. House Resolution 40, that's the 31-year bill so named to invoke the broken promise of the 40 acres and a mule. The proposal will create a commission to study and develop a national plan for reparations. We all need to acknowledge the fact that some families took part in some of the worst episodes in American life. Instead of running away from that fact, it is the honorable things to do. It can be undoubtedly also a brave things to do in parts of the country. But a time when every 
idea connected to race goes under a powerful social microscope. The pursuit of honor is simply not simple, but it still needs to happen. The NABWMT supports the need to make our history fully transparent. If you wish to hear more of these podcasts, uh, please go to nabwmt.org or where you get your podcasts. We're also on Facebook and we're on Twitter. You can hear from us again. We broadcast about once a week and look forward to your comments. Thanks for listening.